Welcome to the Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner on this Forget About It Friday. How you doing today, Cody? Yeah, uh, I'm doing okay. <laughs> it's a stupid, um, stupid game. Stupid, stupid Thursday night football game. I don't know. I'm doing okay though, James. How are you? I'm okay. I'm glad the weekend's here. I'm freaking exhausted. Uh, and it didn't make it any better watching that miserable performance from our beloved Steelers last night. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a good time. It was not enjoyable by any means. Um, you know who did enjoy it? One of my one of my managers at work by the name of Cody. His name is also Cody. Cody Dow. Uh, he enjoyed it. He was texting me during the game being a little, you know, smartass. Uh, that's okay. He's like, zappy. And I'm like, no. No, bro. Uh, but he's a Patriots fan, and you know what? The, I don't even know what to say, because the Patriots, I don't want to say they deserve the win, but, man, we didn't do anything to deserve it whatsoever. Like, you can argue, hey, we got a two-point conversion, or, hey, we made it a close game at the end. This, on paper, should have been a blowout, even with Mitch Trubisky in there, even with Mason Rudolph in there. Um and you knew what we, I mean, we knew what they were going to do. We talked about it. We've been destroyed by tight ends the whole year. We knew Juju was going to come in with a chip on his shoulder, and he did. Um, I don't know, James. I don't know where the team goes from here. I don't know what's next. Uh, they need to make some adjustments for sure, man. Uh, lots of adjustments. Um, just New England came in with a good game plan. You expect that from a head coach like Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. uh, he does his homework. He knows what you're good at. He knows what he's good at, and he plays to those strengths. It's just that in most situations, uh, the other team can overcome that situation. Uh, to me, it was pretty obvious. We talked about it last week. We talked about it before the game. Um with the way that we got beat up by tight ends against the Cardinals, that was a big concern, especially with the uh, ability of the Patriots tight ends being so much better than what it was with the Arizona Cardinals. And that exactly was the problem. Uh, once again, got beat up by tight ends, uh, got beat up in one-on-one -on -one situations by Juju. He had a tremendous game against us uh, and we just didn't have answers for it all game long. You know, they came out with, uh, with the starting middle linebacker duo of Michael Walker and Mark Robinson, and they just got torched the entire yep. first possession, uh, which to the coaching staff's benefit, they did immediately pull those guys. Uh, we saw a heavy dose of Elandon Roberts and Blake Martinez the rest of the way, uh, and they were able to at least uh, put a tourniquet on the wound, slow the bleeding, and then completely stop it in the second half. Uh, but at that point, you're down 21-3, and does the offense have enough capability to come back from it? Uh, and the answer in this game, unfortunately, was no. Uh, and just a lot of poor decisions. You know, I mean, we always start with the quarterback play in the game. Uh, I was extremely frustrated by what I saw from Mitch Trubisky in this game. Just a lot of decisions where it would be third and five or third and six or third and four, and he's bombing it deep instead of trying to get the first down. Uh, it'd be one thing if he was a guy that has a really accurate deep ball, but he's not. Yeah. Uh, he didn't really complete any of them all night, except for one deep to Allen Robinson late in the game that didn't matter anymore when, when the game was basically And I wouldn't, over. I wouldn't even call that deep. That was kind of middle of the no. field. Yeah. Um, like 20, 25 yards or something. Yeah, not really was, a deep bomb. It was open because they were playing so much prevent defense. 
Um, yeah. I still yeah, don't absolutely. even know what the plan was with that play. Uh, going back and watching that a couple times. It's probably going to be, you know, get it downfield and start pitching the ball because yep. what else are you going to do? In there? I mean, you're certainly not going to throw a jump ball to your jump ball specialists like George Pickens in Darnell Washington. Nope. That is not going to happen for sure, you know. So and that was one of the other frustrating things is once again in this game we saw all the deep balls went to Deontay Johnson. He's not the specialist in that. That's George Pickens. And but, it just shows that Mitch is going to, when he's not sure, he's going to default to throwing to Deontay no matter what. Deontay, uh, and that's a targets, real problem. Seven targets, three catches for Deontay. George yeah, Pickens, six targets and five catches. And look at the ridiculously low amount of yards. 19. All the passes to George Pickens were just, yeah, what was it? What was the yardage? I'm sorry. 19 on five catches. On five. Insane. Insane. That's usually what he does per catch. That's less than Uh, five. That's less than five yards a catch because they do the stupid screen plays with no blockers in front of them. Poorly designed. Four. I know. I'm just, yeah. Rounding, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Not even four yards a catch. That's insane. Like, just so much at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, only a yard downfield. You know, George Pickens standing stationary instead of stretching the field like he's good at. Yep. Um, uh, it just felt the decision-making was was pretty atrocious. Uh, and the only thing worse than that was ball placement. You know, I, I felt like there was probably five or six very interceptable balls, one that ended up in interception, a uh, second one that happened but was called back because of penalty. In uh, just poor timing, not seeing open guys, and so many interceptable balls. So they got to make a change. Uh, I don't see Mitch Trubisky just suddenly playing a lot better next week. No, uh, I don't see him gaining his confidence. He's going to be going against a much better team in the Indianapolis Colts uh, than than what the Patriots are. Yep. Uh, and you got all all week. Long. In fact, you have a couple extra days than normal. Maybe it's time to to pull the plug and, and let Mason Rudolph give it a shot and see if he can do any better because uh, the season's on the line right now. You know, they fell from the five seed to the eighth seed because of this loss. Uh, and a lot of these teams and now control further. their destiny. Potentially further, depending on potentially how the further. Yeah, play. depending on how this this weekend plays out. Uh, if you want it to continue getting worse, keep on marching Mitchell Trubisky out there. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen is it will get worse. Keep on taking teams, not serious. Keep on expecting to come out and win games. Keep coming out slow in the first half. Keep not making changes during, you know, uh, possession changes. Keep doing all the things. Insanity is just doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and, And that's what, and expecting different results. And that's what we're doing. Like, even at don't get me wrong, we've made some changes changes after the Matt Canada uh, firing or departure, however you want to call it, and and you notice the differences. You know, I don't think we would throw consistently for 190, 200 yards with Matt Canada in there. I don't think certain things would have happened, but the play calls would be different, but the the score would still be the same. We're not putting mm-hmm. up points. Um, granted, 18 is a lot in this, in my opinion, don't get me wrong, but this is an offense. This on paper, we are putting up 35, a game, 30, 30 minimum, a game. There's no, the, the talent on this team is so far surpasses most other teams. I think the biggest thing we're missing an offensive leader. We, we do not have an offensive voice in that, in that locker room, in my opinion. Um, 
And then we're also just allowing the standard to lower itself, in my opinion. You know, Mike Tomlin always says the standard is the standard. I don't think that means squat anymore because clearly the standard's losing to two win teams in December, which is just ridiculous. Um, yeah, the the play, the standard that is being set, they're not meeting the standard. The standard is the same standard, but they're not meeting the standard, and that's a big problem. You have to start making wholesale changes. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, the execution was bad. The execution was bad. I mean, that's obvious the execution is bad. It's obvious. I mean, you got Michael Walker falling in the end zone and his guy catching a touchdown. You got DeMonte KZ trying to undercut a pass and it goes over his fingertips and it's an easy touchdown. Yep. Uh, you got an interception by Michael Walker that he returns to the 16 and you don't even get a field goal. Yep. Like that's execution. You get a blocked punt yep. and you don't get a touchdown on it. Yep. Like these kind of things you have to take advantage of when your defense hands you a, a field that you only need to go 16 yards to get a touchdown. You have to do it. And I, and I don't believe the block punt counts as a turnover. That's a turnover, in my opinion. Sure, you're getting the ball back either way, but it's... But you're getting great field position. Drastically different field position from the average yeah. kick return. Or punt yeah. return, excuse me. Um, yeah, just Pittsburgh put themselves... The defense did well. I mean, we even talked about this before the show. We allowed 21 points. That was crappy. They removed some players. They did some things. They made changes on defense. We didn't allow a single point in the second half. Granted, they didn't seem super worried about scoring because I think they realized that our offense can't do anything anyways. Um, they didn't have the same kind of play style in the second half that they did in the first. Offense, there were no changes made at halftime. None. You just expected things to start working. Oh, hey, this didn't work. Like, Let's try it again. Get out. Make sure you get out there and get your blockers. No, they're not doing it. They're not. You're not throwing the ball to the right players. You're not putting guys in situations to win. A good coach, and this is kind of, I'm not necessarily talking about Mike Tomlin or the offensive coordinators. I'm saying somebody, somewhere, a good coach puts their players, playmakers in a position to make plays. A good quarterback understands that as well. We'll talk about the interception before, I mean, we're going to do a stat breakdown at some point. <laughs> I promise we'll get to it. Um, but at some point, you know, on the interception, Pat Fryermuth kind of gave up on his route a little bit. I agree. That's a part of that interception was on him. He could have turned it into a defender, but Mitch Trubisky threw a ball to get Matt or Pat Frymuth concussed. No doubt yeah. about it. And he had two of them last year, so Pat has to be cognizant of that. When in and also just to be fair to to Mason or to Mitch on this play, he got hit in the face, mm -hmm. and there was absolutely no foul. Uh, the ball kind of just flopped out there you know it was not like a bullet it was not a well-thrown ball and it had everything to do with the fact that he got hit in the face as he threw the ball that being said i wouldn't expect pat to go out there and try to catch that ball because if he gets concussed again man his career might be over yep. he can't just go laying out over the middle when he knows there's a linebacker and a safety sitting there waiting to rip his head off uh and especially when he sees it just kind of fluttering like that. Yeah, you and know? I wouldn't even say sitting um, there waiting to take his head. I mean, they were both full steam going for where that ball yeah. was going. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, and then multiple times throughout the course of the game, we just saw balls being thrown that were super interceptable. You know, defenders getting their hands on it pretty easily. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I mean, you, you look at Mitch from the game, and, and he goes 22 for 35 for 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That stat line looks too good. Too, it looks too it average. Looks it was way, an, uh, way better than what he played. He yeah. played so much worse than that stat line, and it's not that good of a stat line. Yeah. Yep. And then, you, I mean, you also, I mean, let's talk about the passing. You had that stupid f- trick play that. You know what the worst part about that is, Cody? What? It was there. Oh, it was. It was. It was wide open. Connor didn't put enough air under the ball. He didn't get it over the defender. If he did, it's an easy touchdown, and Darnell Washington walks in the end zone. He, yeah, I think he catches that ball in the end zone, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, if he catches it, it's a, like a one. He's just trotting in. But I just like – my frustration with that play call is not the play call itself. It's the fact that we realize we can't score playing regular football. Yeah. That's the frustrating part because – if this was an old Ben Roethlisberger run team with Bruce Arians or Ken Wisenhunt, we'd run that play and it gets knocked down. I'm like, ah, oh, dang, like that was a good try. I don't feel yeah. that way now. I feel like we're looking for trickery ways because we can't trick ways to score because we can't score as a regular football team. We can't throw yeah. the ball to our six foot six tight ends or, or to the jump high ball enthusiast freak of nature, George Pickens. Like, you can't hammer the ball down the defense's throat with a six foot four running back Najee Harris. Like it's just, it's ridiculous the ways that we are able to score, but can't like that. We should be able to. So again, I don't mean to go off on tangents. I'm just wildly, wildly frustrated with this team. No. Yeah. That's the way it's going to go after a performance like that. That's kind of what they expect. That's, that's kind of what they deserve for playing like that. You know, I mean, we move on to the, the rushing performance if you want to call it that and your top <laughs> rusher was mitch trubisky with eight carries for 30 yards had the best average of everybody as well Najee harris 12 for 29 calvin austin one for 12 that was probably one of the best runs of the entire game other than the scramble from mitch uh, on the very first on offensive first play, play where he also got like 12 or 13 yeah uh, and then jalen warren seven carries for 11 yards like Man, that was a miserable performance from the rushing unit. But we knew their run deep good. Yeah. So you needed to come to play. And, you know, anytime they tried to go jumbo, again, you had guys lining up wrong and formation calls. And it just, they could not capitalize. And they appear to be trying, at least, to go with jumbo sets and bring extra offensive linemen out there, which is something I've been calling for for weeks now. Uh, but they can't even get them to line up right, man. That's an issue, man. You got to be calling this out in practice. If if they're not lining up right in practice, it it has to be. Let me rephrase. They must not be lining up right in practice, and it's not getting corrected because otherwise you'd be lining up right in the game. Yep. They're not, they're consistently lining up incorrectly in the games in these jumbo formations and getting called, and it's a five yard penalty, and now you can't even use the the same formation anymore. Because now it's not a goal line situation anymore. You got to back it off and bring extra wide receivers on. Yep, it's time to have a full pad practice with um, nothing but full pads. Yeah, with refs and with, some refs with refs there. Yep, hundred um, percent. And not high school ones. You need some dang pro refs that can actually identify an illegal formation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even know. Let's talk about the receiving room. We talked about Deontay. Yeah. He led the he led the team in reception yards, but only had three catches on seven targets in that touchdown. Uh, which again, I don't even remember this 
touchdown. Did he? Oh, I'll tell you all about the touchdown, man. That was Mitch throwing off his back foot. He was back oh, pedaling and he over just kind of bombed it. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of bombed it. He threw it over the wrong shoulder. It was actually one heck of a catch by Deontay it Johnson. Because he was looking over his right shoulder and it was thrown over his left. And he kind of contorted his whole body without switching his head. Because if you switch your head, you, you lose, lose eye contact with the ball. And then you might not catch it. He did one hell of a job to still catch that ball. I'm actually very happy with his performance in this game. I didn't feel like he did a bad job. When balls were incomplete in his direction, it was typically because it was a ball so, thrown so poorly he had no chance of catching it. Yeah. Uh, so I did feel like Deontay actually helped quite a bit in this game. Uh, and even that that catch, you know, that that's a poorly thrown ball with bad technique that Deontay bailed out Mitch. And it helped the comeback start. You know, they were unable to complete the comeback, but you're down 21 to three and that touchdown gets you back in the game. Uh, so it was a very instrumental one. Um, just unfortunately not given enough good opportunities. Even at, at the end, you're, you're fourth and two, you're throwing it 40 yards downfield to Deontay and it's not even a catchable ball. Yep. Yeah. Looking back at that drive, it's just, uh, I mean, quite frankly, the only reason we had that that drive end at any points is you you had the pass interference call on Pat Frymuth. Um, mm -hmm. you had really not a whole lot go. I mean, you had the the one successful run play outside of the scramble with the Calvin Austin run, uh, for twelve yards, but nothing else in that game or in that drive even, I mean, you had a pass to Jalen Warren for 12 yards, so you had two 12-yard plays. You had a five-yard play, a four-yard play, a two-yard play, another five-yard play, which is, don't get me wrong, that's not bad, but then you had that big pass interference, and then yeah. another five-yard play, and then the 25-yard touchdown. Like, I that, even though it ended in a touchdown, I don't feel like that was a good drive. I don't. <laughs> I feel like it was a saved drive for him. Mm -hmm. Um. Same thing with the turnover on downs. You know, we, I, I can't believe that stupid pitch throw to Jalen Warren um, when Mitch couldn't find anyone, apparently. Oh, yeah. And then you also had him throw a deep bomb to, I believe it was Deontay, overthrown <laughs> when you had George Pickens on the other side of the field one-on-one. -on -one, and Deontay was double covered by, like, with the safety and the corner. I just, there was so much wrong with this game. Um, also... Yo, go ahead. One of the most frustrating parts to me in this is we're getting to the end of the season, right? There's not a lot of at this stage. What, like four games left, five games left? Yeah. Um, we have two specialists in one-on-one -on -one jump ball opportunities, and it has gotten to the point where it's not even being used. Like week after week, we're not seeing a single jump ball. I mean, you could argue and we have three. It blows my mind. You could argue we have three if you include Darnell in that. Darnell's one. Well, I was including ball. Darnell. Oh, sorry. I was talking George Pickens and Darnell as Pat jump Fryer ball specialists. Too going to win a jump ball for the most yeah, part. Yeah, he doesn't really do that though. That's fair. But That's I, not really his game. But like, you, he's at least a size mismatch guy. It goes yeah. to the same point though. I see yeah. what you're saying. He's a six foot six, two hundred, almost sixty pound tight end. Who, if you hit him on the move. He gains extra yards yep. and yeah, it's just it. one week it's in the game plan and the next week it's not. And it's incredible to see the difference in the two. Yeah. 
let's crank through the rest of these receivers and move on to another position. So Jalen Warren had four catches on the game for 29 yards. That was on five uh, targets. Allen Robinson, one for 21 on three targets. That was the one at the end of the game that he tried to pitch. It wasn't even 20 yards because he definitely caught that and then went one or two yards downfield, you know? Yeah. Uh, Najee Harris, three dump offs for 19 yards, caught everything thrown his way. George Pickens, uh, as you said, five catches for 19 yards on six targets. Pat Fryermuth was targeted seven times uh, with only three catches for 18 yards. He was just draped all over all day long, and a lot of those balls were just not even close to catchable for him. Uh, Connor Hayward, two catches for 15 yards, uh, caught both balls thrown his way. I'll, I'll give him credit on that one that was thrown to him on the uh, the right side of the field near the sideline. Yeah. Made a heck of a play to hurdle that one defender and then stretch out and get that first down. Yeah, that was a third down, I didn't down, think was he was going to get it. I believe, yeah. Yeah. Yep, I thought it was going to be a drive killer, and then he made an excellent play to go get that first. Uh, Darnell Washington with one catch for 12 yards on two targets. At least he's getting a catch every week now. It was he wasn't even getting targeted for the first half of this season. Yeah. Uh, so that's a step in the right direction there. But again, we need better utilization just out of everybody on their strengths. Well, again, use them to their strengths, his, please. His two targets, the second target came from Connor Hayward. So, yeah. Which mm-hmm. should have been completed. But again, I mean, you're thrown to a tight end and getting 12 yards on one play. I don't understand why we're not doing that more. That You yeah, want to talk about making nonstop. routine plays routinely, it's right there. It's right there with our tight end yeah. group. Um, and, uh, defensive side, well, offensive line. Um, I was happy with how Darnell, or not Darnell, um, Broderick Jones played. I thought he was playing with a lot of aggression, a lot of anger, um, mm-hmm. almost frustration. It looked like, and he was protective of certain players and blocking well on plays that were runs to his side. And I, I don't think he did, didn't do enough in this game. Who... Was it somebody who got called for the, um, do we have, it wasn't a hold. What was it? I'm brain farting on this one. It may not matter. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're referencing. Um, Uh, I was a little disappointed in Darnell's blocking in this game. Twice he got beat real bad by number 33 of the Patriots. Uh, Just thrown aside the one time. And then the second time he just overset and the guy went inside him. Uh, And both times on run plays, which made, it's so that the running back had absolutely nowhere to go. Uh, so they've got to do a better job on, on that. And a lot of times I felt the same about like inside run plays. Uh, you'd see both defensive tackles beat their guy. You know, whether it be Mason Cole and Isaac Ciamalo or Mason Cole and James Daniel, Mason seemed to be the common denominator in it. Uh, just not good enough. You got to be able to at least get a stalemate in those one-on-one blocking situations and not get thrown aside. Yeah, like that's that's not good enough. You have to at least hold your own uh, so that when the running back gets there, if the two of you are both pushing against the defender, you're going to go forward. You're going to get some yards, you know, and and instead you got two defenders going against the running back and nobody there to help. So just nowhere near good enough consistency. And again, this was like a top five rushing defense. So we expected them to be good, but that means that you need to have a good game plan for it. That means that you need to be double teaming guys and then working to the next level. Uh, and I just didn't see enough of that. No, it's almost like they didn't watch film at all is what it really feels like. Because, like, I mean, we we don't even watch the Patriots game and we understand their play. We understand their strengths and, the, like, nothing's being done to play towards their weaknesses or, or to rival their strengths. Um, 
which is just really, really, really incredibly frustra- frustrating, in my opinion. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, Cam Hayward got a sack. Cam Hayward was was very involved. He, uh, I felt like he had a really good game on penetration. And everything. Joey Porter. Yeah. Excuse me. Let's st- let's stick with defense line. I'm I'm bouncing around. Um, okay. Montrevious Adams was. We got to see him play a little bit. I didn't feel like there was anything fantastic there. No, I felt like it was a, a blah performance. Not bad, not great, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, same thing with Armand Watts and Larry Ogunjobi. Keanu Benton went down early with an injury um, and then came back in, so I don't know what that injury yeah. was or what that entailed. Yeah, he returned. He, he kind of got pancaked on a play, so um, I wouldn't be he surprised. He got held on just... the play and then fallen on top of. Let's be real here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That wasn't called. Um and I want to get to something too when we when we go later to that I just forgot about, but we'll get there. You want to talk about the the linebackers? Yeah. Um, so like we mentioned with the middle linebacker, first two on the field were uh Michael Walker and Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson seemed to be pretty much pulled for the game after that. Um Michael played a little bit here and there, and then it was mostly a Landon Roberts and Blake Martinez. And I thought Blake Martinez looked decent in the game. Uh, was involved in a lot, uh, only showed up with three tackles total on the game. Uh, but he landed in Roberts, I thought, was really explosive, multiple times blowing up offensive linemen, just coming, barreling in full speed and just hitting somebody as hard as he could. Uh, and I felt like he was very disruptive in the game. And I was honestly shocked how how able he was after just injuring his groin four days previous. Uh, so I don't know if they just really numbed out of that whole area for him and he was able to play through it because of it uh, or what but I, I felt like he was one of the lone bright spots in the linebacker unit uh, other than obviously the interception from Michael Walker but it didn't really just kind of fall on his lap and that was uh, a pass breakup by Landon Roberts that made that happen yep yep yeah that was a great pass pass breakup on him and it was against Juju Watt or Juju Watt Juju Smith-Schuster which I enjoyed <laughs> um after that, when you look at the uh, the you know the outside linebackers, Nick Herbig came in for the injured Alex Highsmith, who injured his neck in this game, didn't return. I thought Nick Herbig played very well. Uh, he should have had a sack. Luckily, they called holding on the play, so that at least they got moved back um, on that play. T.J. Watt should have also had one or two sacks. I'm surprised they didn't give him a half sack uh, for the one, but he had he ended up with this game with zero sacks. I kind of wasn't surprised because by the time TJ got his hand in there, the QB was on the ground already. That's fair. So, um, yeah. But TJ did have one tackle for loss. He ended up with four tackles on the game. Alex Highsmith only had one tackle on the game before his injury. Uh, yeah, that was in the first quarter or early like in the, the second, I wasn't it? Was, it? it was, it was early. Was the, I think it was the second or third. No, it was like the third drive for them. Um, yeah. Which would have been the last drive in the – nope, hang on. Their first drive was a touchdown. The last drive of the first quarter, I'm pretty sure, was when he got hurt. Yeah, um, which is rough because in this game we had uh, Mark Mark uh, uh, Marcus Golden was down, right? He yep. was one of the inactive. Yep. Uh, so with him being down as an inactive, you only had one backup outside linebacker. Sometimes in that situation, they'll use the Marvin Leal. Oh yeah, he was also inactive. Yeah, we never uh, went over so the inactives. You, <laughs> Yeah, did we skip right by the inactive? We did. We just got into yeah. it. Yeah, so and and that's fine. You know, it was Kenny Pickett, Anthony McFarland, James Pierre, Marcus Golden, Dylan Cook, to Marvin Leal. Uh, so that was your inactive list, and 
you know, we've been talking about how there's been a, a lessening of the snaps for DeMarvin Leal. Uh, last year, he did see some snaps at outside linebacker, and he shows some ability as a pass rusher as outside linebacker. More effective than he has been this year as a defensive tackle pass rushing because he hasn't had any effectiveness there at all. He's been better against the run than he has been pass rushing. Yeah. So just I'm concerned about that in the future. If Marcus Golden had an injury creep up that he was unable to go, and now Alex Highsmith has a neck injury, TJ is dealing with an ankle, that means Nick Herbig's the only healthy outside linebacker in the room. So I, I kind of hope that they're open to allowing Liao to get some sit outside linebacker again uh, just because I feel like the, the room all of a sudden is pretty heavily injured. Yeah. Yep, I hope that we can see some improvement here with the health and the on the depth on the outside linebacker. I really hope that nothing going great or nothing's majorly wrong with uh, Highsmith's neck. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tomlin in the pre- in the post game press conference interview uh, just said he had a neck injury of t- of some description. He, that's all he said. So yeah, he probably a- didn't even know at the time. No, and I'm sure that they'll get information on that today if they are already haven't. Tuesday. Yeah, we'll find out in the Tomlin Tuesday press conference. Let's talk the secondary because mm-hmm. it was, I don't want to say a, a, a bright spot. I mean, it wasn't, it really wasn't, <laughs> especially early. I mean, you allowed their tight end to get two touchdowns on the game. Again, all this coming in the first half, I thought they played much better in the second half and sort of the defense as a whole. Um, but you had Joey Porter Jr. ending up with four tackles. He did allow. Um, a couple catches to Juju, if I'm not mistaken. DeMonte KZ showing up with three tackles. But again, we talked about this before the show. He can't guard anybody. He can't keep up. He can't guard. He can't stop a play. Um, and he keeps on just barely missing interceptions. And when he does, yep. sometimes it goes for big plays the other way. Yep. Uh, and his lack of size has everything to do with it, unfortunately. It, it sucks because, you know, when he's good, Man, is he good. You know, he gets his hands on the ball a lot, breaks up a lot of stuff. He's got two picks on the year. You know, he contributes in a, in a positive manner, but I feel like as a, in every down strong safety, it's just a stretch of a role for him. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Peterson, three tackles on the game. Minka had five total, two solo, three assists. Um, Minka almost had a pick in this game too, and they don't have him listed as a pass deflection. Uh, so I don't think all the past deflections are being listed here because I remember him almost getting an interception on the sideline. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that that low one. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing that I will say about Minka, I, if I remember correctly, he was involved, and so was the defensive front, in the one fourth down stop uh, where they tried to do a QB sneak with Zappy that just got stuffed, mm-hmm. which, was, which was really nice to see. Um, somebody came up over the top. I can't remember who it was. Could have been Minka uh, for all I know. But then you also had Levi Wallace. I feel like it was either Minka or it was Nick Herbig. It was one of the two of them. It might have been Herbig. Yeah. I think it was. Herbig was very active in this game. He was. You know, it was his first time getting an extended amount of snaps. You know, he was unable to register any, like, sacks or forced fumbles. But lots of tackles in in this. This lists him as one tackle for loss. He had two very early on in his appearance on the the field. So, again, this – what we're looking at on the NFL.com statistics are definitely not correct because he had two in a matter of the first, like, two drives. Was one called back because of a, a penalty? Possibly, I guess. That would erase it. I think I, I vaguely remember that being a thing. I could be completely wrong. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. But I think one medic got called back because of either a penalty on us or them. I can't remember. 
Uh, Levi Wallace having one tackle on the game. It just it, it's it sucks because I I'm gonna very blat- blatantly and bluntly say it was not enough for the defense for us to win. And what I mean by that is this team hasn't scored more than ten points in the last three weeks, and we gave up twenty one in the first half. Like mm-hmm. that is a defensive problem. That is a defensive weakness. I can't overlook that. However, uh, the offense against a team that is a two win team needs to put up enough points to win the game, uh, which is just and, and, frustrating. And when you look at what their their offense did, I mean Ezekiel. 68 yards rushing, but it's on 22 attempts. That's only three yards a carry. Yep. You know, um, receiving wise, Juju was the best wide receiver with four catches. Um, Ty Montgomery with one, Tyquan Thornton with three. Like the wide receivers didn't hurt us that much other than Juju getting a lot of yards with catches. Um, it was pretty much the tight ends and Ezekiel Elliott. That's that's where it came, you know. Zeke had seven catches for 72 yards, and one of them was a touchdown. And Hunter Henry, three catches, 40 yards, two of them were touchdowns. Like, that's where we got hurt, and that's linebackers and typically safeties responsible for stopping those guys. Yep. Uh, so that's that's where it's the most frustrating to me is that, you know, we look forward, and I, I'm happy to see that Blake Martinez got the burn that he did. I'm happy to see Landon Roberts was able to play. Um, but I don't expect the level of play to increase by either one of them. You know, nope. Miles Jack is the only one left that can save this linebacker core. And it's not even guaranteed and, to happen. <laughs> no, no. At this point, he's not proven enough in practice for them to be willing to throw him out there, which means he still might not be in game shape, man. He wasn't playing football. Yeah, he retired. He, didn't he, retired, in the, he retired in the middle of the off or like the preseason. At the end of the preseason, Yeah. He didn't make the Eagles roster, and that's when he retired, and he moved on. So there's a chance he really hadn't worked out for like the last three months. Yeah. Yeah, and three months without working out after you've done the type of training that NFL players do, you're going to see some uh, yeah, body transformation, physical attribute, loss, stamina, strength, all that stuff if you're not doing the same kind of routines. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with this moving forward. Special teams. Because it matters too. Boswell was one for one on field goal, one for one on extra point. We saw we talked about the Miles Killebrew uh block kick, but the one thing that I, we didn't talk about yet was the blatant penalty for encroachment on the defense on a punt uh by us. And they happened to call it a false start. Uh I don't know what they call it, erratic movement or something on the center. Yeah, they, just they claimed that it was like a, a very sudden movement. And it was not. Uh and and it was not in the head of officiating said there's no way you call that. Uh the both of the commentators even said this that's an absurd call. Um and and it's a game changer because it should have been a first down for Pittsburgh for that. Yeah, and, and here's the thing that people say, and I've had the, I had this discussion um with somebody last night after the game that that is not the reason Pittsburgh lost. I understand that, but that, but you can argue that it played a factor. I don't care what anyone says, you know, Hey, they got the ball back X men, X many X number of times after that. And they didn't score. You're right. But that was demoralizing. It's demoralizing when you have something go against you that much. And you can argue mental health, this and that being stronger than, the situation, I get it. I understand completely. 
But man, was that a blow. That team was so excited. I've never seen Presley. Har- Presley Harvin has downed a ball <laughs> at the one yard line and never been yeah. that excited. Um, yeah. So it, it's just, it was so frustrating and demoralizing and ripped down the, the momentum that they might have been building for that drive. So, no, it's not the reason they lost, but it 100% played a factor in the outcome of the game, in my opinion. W- whether we yeah. scored again for the entire game or not, um, it plays a role, it plays an impact. And I think that needed, I agree. That needed to be reviewed. Yeah, that, that needed yeah. to be reviewed. It needs to have some kind of... And that's such, a, that's such an opinionated call. That's not a clear-cut call like some of them are. Yeah. Like, hold, holding, mm-hmm. pass that's interference. 100% opinion. Don't get me wrong. Those are still to somewhat opinion. Um, but that penalty is drastically on like another level of that. And so, yeah. I don't know. That was frustrating. You got any more yeah, special very, stats? Very. I, I can't disagree with you on that. We uh, were obviously very upset with Miles Kilbrew's performance versus the Cardinals, having three penalties against him. Got to give him credit. He got himself another block punt. That's two on the year. Yep. Uh, so this is now twice in his career with Pittsburgh, which I think is only like three years three long. Years. Three. <laughs> yeah. Twice now he's had two block punts in a season. And in the other uh, season so, he had one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just kids got talent when it comes to that. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, he's, he's basically re- assuring himself a spot on the roster next year by, yep. by doing that once again. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we got to try to keep our heads up a little on this. Uh, have faith that adjustments will be made. Uh, and, you know, I think the linebacker play can get better. It has to. It has to. If it remains the same or gets worse, then we're going to be talking about how high of a draft pick can Pittsburgh get by losing out. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to come back to you guys, though. we got another show coming to you um, next week, right? Yeah, well, we got be, Friday's the recap, Friday. so – We'll be doing our Wednesday show live on the Pro Sports Fans app, and then next Friday we'll do another show looking forward to the matchup against the, the Colts. Indianapolis Colts. Woot, woot. Yeah. Which is on Saturday. It's a, a Saturday sad, game? It's a Saturday game. So more than likely okay. the uh, the review game or the review show will still come probably Monday. We'll see how the to, to allow the Sunday games to play out. Might as well. Yeah. Um, but that is a Saturday, the 23rd, um, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember the time of the kick. But we will be looking into all of that. Saturday the 16th. Oh, the 16th. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. That's my birthday. So we will be watching that game. Hey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Cody. Thanks. Hopefully I can watch the game. I just processed that I normally work on Saturdays. So that'll be fun. Um, I'll, I'll figure out a way to watch it. We'll figure it out. But again. We can't thank you guys enough for watching and listening. Uh, We're sorry that we have to talk so poorly about our beloved Steelers, but that's just the way it is, the the state of the Steelers here. So uh, we thank you guys so much. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring that bell. It's free. Don't forget about the five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPhone, go do that right now, and we'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.